backboard banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rainer. We're the banter's ass ferocious as killing Mbappe in that World Cup final, my guy. Holy hat trick. Second one ever in the final. Rough for the guy that they lost. But I mean, what an absolute tour force for the future. Killing Mbappe has proven that he is here to stay and he will definitely be in the GOAT debate come the future. But at the end of the day, it's all about Messi. It's all about Argentina. He lifts the cup. What an exciting time for Argentina itself. Dude, like, just wanting Messi to win, having no real allegiance to Argentina besides that, I was stressed. And, like, the first 80 minutes, like, you're thinking to yourself, wow, Argentina is just killing them. France has nothing. And then Mbappe just comes to life like the penalty kick you're like okay whatever it's just a penalty kick but that volley and then to have it finish with the two goals and in, in the extra time and the penalty kicks and you know argentina's goalie man he was playing some serious mind games got that sweet save at the end of extra time like true team effort for argentina but also goat performance for messi with the two goals and man that was just it couldn't have been a better world cup final Honestly, neutral fans ate well at this World Cup, but they ate fantastically during the final. I was sad that I had to miss it. I was out skiing in minus 30 degree temperatures, but Matt was talking to me about it, and I went back and watched the highlights, and what an absolute amazing game. What great goals. The back and forth between two absolute stars. And I must say, for Di Maria to get the goal that he did, considering how important important and impactful he was in that final making the ball always be on the opposite side of the field than killing Mbappe like shout out to Argentina and yes of course Martinez the goalkeeper what an absolute beauty and a fantastic performance to close it out dude the the thing about Di Maria scoring that goal is like after half they subbed him out pretty quickly right because they got the two nothing lead at this point you know Messi's got his penalty Di Maria's got the two nothing goal and I think they really started to play for the for the like the win and just ending it in a in a slow slog and that's where their big mistake is you know like at the end of the day I think this always happens in all sports when you try to sit back and just rest on your lead that's when you blow a 30 point lead in basketball that's when you blow a three goal lead in the NHL like it's when you take a step back that you really you know just kind of fall apart. I mean, look at the the Colts this weekend, man. They blew a thirty three nothing lead to the Vikings. Look, that's wild. Man, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, no, no, no. Actually, it's funny you bring it up because I I saw a video uh, the other day of like this little kid getting a a Vikings jersey standing outside of the arena, and his parents are like, "We're gonna go see the game." And then I was like, "Oh, that's like the greatest comeback in NFL history." So like, shout out to that family and that little kid. But yeah, this World Cup, man. Overall, it was fantastic. We had some amazing moments. Let's just forget about Canada a little bit but you know neutral fans gotta be happy we talked about this before you know we had a semi-finalist and we had a quarter finalist in our group you know both of them make it that far we can't be too mad Croatia beat Brazil man like of course they beat us absolutely and you know to top it all off with Messi becoming the undisputed goat of goats the smile on his face like the guy absolutely deserves it for the career that he's had. And if, you know, looking at Tom Brady, Messi, maybe you should retire while you're on top. But also, he's the GOAT for a reason. You see it right at the end, right? He's like, oh, maybe I'm not done for Argentina. Like, he just wants and more. Did, 
and to avenge that 2014 World Cup where he was yeah. an absolute monster and then lost to Germany because Germany just had the better team, man. And then I don't know if you saw this, but there was a kid on Twitter who back in 2015 like wrote that he was gonna, yeah. that was wild man that guy's a, a time traveler i don't give a shit like <laughs> i believe now i believe in time travelers like not he, he didn't even pick the 2018 world cup like he picked the like two years away he knew two world cups away well and he years, said like, it too as and this is the world cup that's like not in the right time because it's happening in guitar so it's in a weird period like the way that it all came together for that tweet to exist seven years ago is wild my friend but before we move on, we have to talk about Mbappe once more. The absolute force, getting a hat trick, getting four goals technically, you know, with, with the shootout at the, the end. Shootout, like, yeah. this guy is the future. And, you know, we, we talk about how France was just like nothing was happening for them. Well, pretty sure it was like the 50th or 60th minute when Deschamps moved Mbappe from the wing back into the middle. And then all of a sudden, he has so much more room to play. And, man, Mbappe, what an absolute legend. I'm pretty sure it was early, man. It was in the it was in the first half when they took out Giroud, and everyone's thinking to themselves like, "You're taking out Olivier Giroud this early? You guys are down yeah. two goals!" Like, and then it no, it was a masterclass by the French close or coach. Amazing, amazing game. Um, I just I couldn't have been happier, man. It's messy. It's what we wanted. It's it's awesome. So, Neutral fans hey. eating good. And that parade, too, Argentina absolutely losing its mind. They had to shut down the whole city, basically. It was insane. Yeah, man. It's like the Raptors when we won. But <laughs> let's let's get into basketball. That's why we're here. We're here to talk about, you know, our takes were okay. I obviously got mine because it was so easy. The 76ers <laughs> over a Steph Curryless, over an Andrew Wigginless Warriors. I mean, I really should have called the Raptors over them. But, hey, then I would have been wrong because – Yikes. It's okay. You would have been wrong like me. So I'm a little upset, okay, because I got baited by the Miami injury report. So apparently last week, Miami got fined for, like, improperly putting, you know, players on their injury list. So I took a quick peek at this game that was happening, and I was like, oh, no Bam out of bio, no Jimmy Butler, like, pfft. No problem for the Spurs. Meanwhile, they all played, so Miami got the W. So I'm, I'm a little upset, but, you know, yeah, I got baited. It is what it is. Hey, man, if uh, you were Nick Wright, you'd be complaining that you can't do this, that there are gambling partners that need to know how to set the lines properly, right? So, hey, at least at least it wasn't too bad. It was only a 10-point loss for you. Pretty good for the Spurs, man. We'll, we'll take the L, honestly. The Spurs, they want to get those Ls. I mean, there's a lot of teams right now who are definitely embracing the tank life. Raptors are teetering on the edge of should they, shouldn't they, but, you know, maybe not anymore. Well, let's get into Raptors chat, man, and let's start with last night's performance because, what, we were 1-3, or 0-3 oh up until that point this week. We had maybe one legitimate win in our last, you know, 10-15-plus yeah. games. Like, it was, it was kind of getting brutal out here for the Raptors, and that 76ers game, we were so close, but man, was it so nice to see Pascal Siakam last night. He is proving that he is legitimately a top 10 player in this league and that we can build around him to win this season. I don't know how long he can sustain this level of play. He's never played at this level, but man, 52 points efficiently. It was almost a triple-double in the garden. Oh, on a Knicks team that had won an NBA best seven in a row? Like, oh, give it to me. 
I believe it was eight in a row, actually, which is even better. But yeah, like, shout out to Siakam. We love this guy, like an absolute champion. But man, did we need it. Man, the team was underwater. The boys were not happy. You could see little chemistry issues, anger, things like that. Nick Nurse, we'll talk about you later because this was a win for the boys. Absolutely. It wasn't a win for the coaches. And seeing the locker room excitement, you know, shout out to OG being the absolute king of water bottle throwing. Man was absolutely trying to put bruises on Siakam, but, you know, the energy in the room after this game was exactly what this Raptors squad needed. And hopefully it will continue to see positivity in the weeks ahead because, man, we were underwater for a while. Well, like the loss to the Nick or the Nets with the like Kyrie hitting the first regular season game winner he's ever hit in his career. Wild. Sad. Yeah. Um the the Golden State loss like we should there is zero reason. And this like goes back to our conversation last week when you're like, "Oh, we're injured. We have players on the IR." It's like they literally have their two best players. If you watch NBA basketball at all and you watch the championship run, there is no question that Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry are that team. And we lost by 16 and let Jordan Poole drop 43 on us. Like, ugh. And then in the 76ers game, man, like we were down like 10 points early and then we'd come back and then we'd be down 10 points again and then come back and then down 10 points again. And it was just this yo-yo effect. And then to lose in overtime like that, just running out of gas, like so sad. And we really, really needed this win. We needed any kind of positivity, any kind of good vibes, man. And thank goodness we have it. Thank goodness the, the locker room looked as, you know, excited and, you know, happy as it did because I've been hearing from, you know, the Raptors media that there's not a lot of chemistry going on in this team and it feels like they're kind of butting heads. I mean, losing streaks does that, right? I mean, not being in the right place, in the right situation on the standings makes teams unhappy. And we, we talk about how there's so many personalities on this team. There's so many guys that either think that they're him, could be him, want to be him. Like, we, we're in this situation where we're happy to see a guy like Juan Hernan Gomez go out there and just be a role player. Just absolutely crush it, doing what he needs to do day in and day out. Because OG, Siakam, Fred, Scotty, Gary, all of these guys want to be him. Let's be honest. Maybe a little bit less from Fred. He's accepting his, you know, you know, I'm the grandpappy of this team. I'm going to be the leader, but... Even him chucking up shots the way he does. Like, we got a lot of guys that want to be scorers. And, like, he's been struggling. And you're right. Like, we have – we've talked about it before, man. It feels like we've got too much talent for starting five, and there's not enough of the ball to go around. The The thing is, is they all have such – like, this idea of 6'9 is we're getting players who have such similar skill sets. And so they're all, you know, top – half of the league and what they do easily right like scotty barnes og and gary trent jr fred van vliet pascal siakam yeah. they're the better players at their position you know you could argue that they're a top 50 percent of starters in this league that's too much for everybody though because everybody wants to ensure that they're viewed that way and it's hard when there's only one ball to go around and there's five guys and so really it's not an issue of talent because we've seen the, the players on our roster play better than this. It's really an issue of how we're utilizing our talent. And that's why the fans are going after Nick Nurse, like the way that they have been, right? 
I mean, it's completely reasonable. It's all about utilization. The fact that so many players around the league look at this roster and are like, I'm scared to play the Raptors. I'm scared of the defense that I'm going to hit. I'm scared of what's happened. And our defense isn't a top 10 in the league, isn't where it should be. I'm sorry, the coach brings all that together. The coach makes that happen. And we can praise we can praise Nick for his chess battles in the past. We can praise Nick for his playoff success. But that's only 16 games, hopefully 16 games for every happy team. In, in, in the season, there's so many other games that need to be played. And you have to create a product that is willing to function and have chemistry in that lead up to the playoffs so that you hit that perfect point and you create success when the games matter. People always joke about how the regular season doesn't matter. Right now, that is a mentality that we cannot have, and Nurse needs to wake up a little bit, unfortunately. We also need to learn how to play a system where we can lose players and not completely fall apart. Because it feels like there's no real like plug-and-play system option. It feels like we are leaving Thad Young when he's our center to guard the rim himself. He's the oldest, the least athletic player on our team. Yes, he's 6'9", 6'10", but we've got so many other guys here 6'9", 6'10", who are more athletic. Like, it, it just feels like there's continuity issues and utilization issues. And again, that, that comes back down to Nick Nurse and, and how he plays his roster. Pascal Siakam, even last night, like, it worked out. So it looks like a good play. He rested Pascal Siakam for the first, I think, what, five minutes of the fourth quarter, four minutes of the fourth quarter, when Pascal Siakam was on fire, right? Like, if I'm a coach, I'm, I need this win. I need my best player on the floor. He's the only one scoring <laughs> offense. I'm going to go ride with him. Yeah. And, like, and hopefully, like, we, we get a big enough lead so that his – you know, fatigue down the stretch isn't going to be noticed that much. But Nick doesn't didn't, didn't do that. You know, he takes him out of the game. And thankfully, Pascal did get to 52. He scored nine in that fourth quarter. But it was a struggle to get those nine, man. And considering he had 43, he was like 43, nine and seven and ends the game 52, nine and seven. Like, he could have got 60. Keep the man in the game. Keep him hot. And Nick makes decisions like that on a consistent basis. And... I don't know, man. I just, I feel like it's a little bit too early to, to pull the ripcord and we got to let him figure it out, but my leash is getting shorter and shorter. The last two but. weeks, Matt has been very upset with Nick Nurse. And I mean, I try to think before this stretch, I don't think if we've had really negative words on this podcast for Nurse before. Like, we've been always Never. riding pretty high on the Nurse train and for good reason up until this point, right? Like, the playoff success we've seen, like I mentioned it, but... This is a, you know, a very important time for this Raptors team because, you know, we talk about all these teams tanking in the league. We talk about the success that we could have versus the success that the future could bring by being bad. Like, it is decision time. And if Nurse wants to be a playoff coach, if he wants to, you know, continue the success that he's had. And, I mean, this was his, Siakam's game was his 200th win with the Raptors. I don't know if you knew that. But like that's yeah. pretty that's pretty sweet for a coach, you know, to get to that milestone. I know that he's got more wins Five than seasons. losses, right? Like Five that's seasons. that's pretty awesome. So yeah. I would love for it to continue, right? Like I I've loved the playoff chess matches that Nurse has been able to have in the playoffs. But we need to get to the playoffs and sitting as what the tenth seed right now, just on the edge. That's a little scary. It's it's very scary, man. And you're right. You like we've never talked negatively about 
Nick Nurse on this podcast. We've always been, he's a top five NBA coach. He's, you know, he's, he's doing his thing and he's always been a great chess match guy, you know, realizing what the other team has and, and how to figure out how to stop them. But when other teams and superstars like Joel Embiid are making jokes like, well, the Raptors don't even really care about winning. They care about stopping the other team's best player. Yeah. Like, again, it's an indication that, like, maybe our priorities are in the wrong spot, right? Maybe we need to learn how to utilize this ro roster a little bit better and squeeze the most juice that we can out of it. And I just, I don't think that that's happening right now. Um, I honestly also think that, like, our guys are struggling. And again, we've seen them play at a higher level. So you, hopefully it's just a stretch where they regress back to the mean of, of being good. Um, and a guy like Scotty, again, he's had a, an up and down season. And he is the poster boy for our road home record. Um, on the road, he's awful. He's averaging, like, 10 four and three or something like that at home he's averaging 18 like nine and seven he's a completely different player at home but i think there's a disconnect with him wanting to be that guy so bad and not wanting to learn underneath pascal where he wants to be the focal point he <laughs> wants the recognition he wants the attention yeah. and he's not there yet like he just he isn't he's got all the skill in the world he's going to be better than pascal siakam is if he puts in the work that pascal put in right like it's just yeah. a fact and like he's just not there like that step back that he took you know in the first half against julius randall i think where yeah. he like it was like the ugliest finish to a shot it was short and like he had four chances out of put back on a rebound that he couldn't get like early on in the game he looks disengaged on defense, and then uh, I texted you about this play in the fourth quarter, in the second quarter, right before halftime, about four minutes left. He, you know, he's on a fast break with Wancho and and Siakam. Siakam is a three on one, is driving and picking up the defender, and has two trailers on each side. Instead of dropping it to Scotty for an easy bucket, when in a game where Scotty only got one easy bucket, yeah. which again Siakam set up. Um, but he drops it to Wancho. Wancho goes up for the easy layup. They play, go back on defense. Scotty literally goes down to where Siakam is and takes him and pushes him aggressively out to the line. And I think, like, that just underscores there is a, there's a headbutt between the young guys and the old guys. The young guys want it to be their team. They want to win their way. They want to win with their methodology. And that way is going to get us, like, 35 wins whereas siakam and fred van bleed are like no guys follow us win like us mm -hmm. be the second tier options to us and we'll get 50 wins and i think there's just like that fighting that's going on and you know me and the basketball gods man the basketball gods like to reward team play basketball they don't like to reward you shoot my shoot you shoot my shoot and that's why boston sucked at the beginning of last year because they were playing that way once they figured out how to be cohesive, a team unit, that's when they could take off. And, you know, knock on wood, man, that we're the Boston of this year. That we can, you know, we struggled it through the first half. We figured it out. Nick Nurse gets the lineups going. And then in the second half of the season, we were a second half team last year. Let's be a second half team again. And let's go 35 and 15, get to 50 wins and, you know, do some damage in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. And the craziest thing, too, is like 
the first like seven or eight games of the season, we really saw that type of play that we're hoping to see down the second half of the season, right? Like Siakam was the guy. The boys were playing well. Barnes was, you know, I love that if you if you go on r slash NBA uh, and you find every single Barnes game where he's only put up like 10 or 10 and less points, it's posted on the front page and everyone's talking about it. Meanwhile, there's like four or five games in between each of these where he's putting up 18. He's putting up 26, right? But I think yeah. that Barnes really does thrive when the whole team around him is thriving. He has that, that you know, young kid energy. And I look at this game from Siakam, right? pretty sure Siakam got 16 free throws, put in 15 of them, like, a veteran, that's what I think, it might even be even more, but this, the simple fact of the matter is, a veteran player, who has a little bit more respect in the league, because he's been around more, he's been an all-star, is going to get calls, and then he's going to be able to utilize those calls to get points, right? Absolutely. Siakam was at his best, and that's what we need to see to be the playoff contender that we want to be. And hopefully more of these performances from him will have guys like Scotty going, okay, I can trust in that. I can get me six assists off of Siakam tonight. Fred can take a step back because he doesn't need to be chucking shots up. OG can be the defense force that he is and be in the corner knocking down four threes because Siakam is driving and getting him those open lanes. Like, I think that this successful win will hopefully drive us into the future and we'll get to see the team come together into that positive state which we saw the first 10 games of the season. No, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. And Siak- Scotty's going to need to learn how to fit into Siakam's world because you're right. Like, he got 18 free throw attempts last night. He, he knocked down 16. Like, he is, is getting the whistle because he's a respected NBA veteran who's also been on all NBA teams. Scotty, and we've talked about it, I believe, earlier in the podcast uh, previously about how Scotty's not fighting through the contact as much as he did last year, how mm-hmm. he's resting on the fact that he was rookie of the year, that he should be getting that respect from the officials and he's not, and it's affecting his game. But if he can just, you know, not worry about it, let Siakam do his thing, fall into line. Like we, we could do this man. And Siakam's usage since he came back from that little minor injury has been much lower he was averaging thirty, like 33% usage before he went out, yeah. and now it's down to about 31% on the season. So that tells you that he's obviously being utilized quite a bit less during this recent stretch where we've been losing. So maybe we, you know, maybe utilize him a little bit more, get him in the 32 range every game, and just play like that. Like, if he's going to be this impactful and this amazing... Like, you, man, I've not been the biggest proponent of Siakam on this show. I have, and I will eat my words on this. Like, I have been the person who has been like, let's trade him. Let's get some value out of him. Let's go for Ben Simmons. If he's going to play like this, man, like, I, I'm i going to sit here. I'm going to shut my mouth, and he can utilize the ball 33% of the time, and we can win some games because that's the only way that I see us winning right now as it as it's currently constructed. Well, and, and this is an important factor to realize, right? Like, and, and this is why we also are struggling with Nick Nurse. We wish he had a little bit more flexibility because if Gary, if Scotty, if OG had a little bit more confidence to know that if they come out and they knock down five shots straight, Nurse might be more willing to give them more opportunity. We hadn't seen that a lot of the time, right? You talk about Siakam getting sit, you know, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, even though he's the hot hand. Keep riding him, right? Like if that's OG, if that's Scotty and they have the hot hand and then they're suddenly getting sit, 
Aren't they having the mental thought of, man, why am I not out there? Why am I not able to just be doing what I need to be doing for my team right now? Like, this is the disconnect that we're starting to see. And as fans who are really trying to pay attention, we're starting to notice these cracks. We're really able to to delve a little bit deeper and start to see where the problems lie. And if we can see the problems, it's got to be glaringly obvious to these players. And if Nurse doesn't see this, that's a little bit of a headstrong issue on the other end, right? I, I think that he is trying to impose more of his play style, and it's just not working. We don't have the players to do it, and he's not adjusting. Look, I saw this in the Montreal Canadiens last year. The difference is night and day in this team. Dominic Ducharme coached a system. He did not coach players. Nick Nurse is coaching a system that isn't working for our players. You need to adapt. You need to adjust. Our guys can only do what they can do. Look, I am by no means close to a perfect person, man. But I've got some strengths. You ask me to do them, I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to be good. You ask me to go outside of that, I'm going to be awful, man. You ask me to talk about soccer in depth, I am not going to know about soccer in depth. You want to talk hockey, you want to talk basketball, you want to talk football, I got you. I'm there. I've got all the stats. Like, it's just you got to know your lane and you got to – and the thing about being a coach is not only being a great motivator, being a great X's and O's guy, understanding the game. It's also reading the players that you have and playing to their advantages, Minima minimizing the disadvantages you have on our team, which is three-point shooting and rim protecting, and really focusing in on what we do have, which is size, athleticism, and defense. And, like, it, that's just not what we're doing. We're allowing the three-point and the, the rim protection to be our glaring weaknesses because we sell out on threes on defense, which allows teams to easily kick it in, right? And then we're getting killed on the inside. Yep. And on offense, we just aren't good enough shooting the ball. We don't have shooters. We have one guy who is shooting league average. That is Malachi Flynn, who doesn't play. I, like, it's actually it's funny you bring him up because I was just about to be like you know who's been playing really well recently and doing yeah, decent he's, he's scratching <laughs> and clawing bro he you you could see he wants it we really do honestly and and that is another moment where we once again continue the conversation of in the past hey nurse hey nurse give a little bit more time let Malachi get out there let him fail. Let our young guys fail. Coloco's only going to be a successful center in the league if he gets to fail. And that's always the struggle of a team whose mentality is we just want to win aggressively. Can't always do that. The biggest entrepreneurs, the biggest billionaires, the most successful people in the world, they will tell you one thing. Don't be afraid to fail because everyone fails. The most successful people in this world failed way more than you or I ever did, but they also got success out of that failure. Michael Jordan missed way more shots than he hit. LeBron James has has failed more times than he has succeeded in the NBA Finals, and we still know that he is a winner. He is a champion. He is inarguably one of two of the best players of all time. Like, look, I'm, you know, he's my GOAT. Michael Jordan, whatever. He's are inarguably top two, right? And he's failed six times in the finals. Six times! You have to be willing to learn and adapt 
and grow. And that's what this team is in right now. They're in that stage of needing to grow, needing to adapt. It's why I like guys like Chris Boucher. It's why I like guys like Thad Young. It's why I love what Wancho has turned into, right? Having people on your roster who aren't there for themselves. They're there for the team. And that's always how they're going to play, right? And that's what's beautiful. Now, I will also mention that, you know, our shooting woes suck. And it's kind of hilarious that, you know, you look at guys like Utah Watanabe, you look at guys like Svi Mikhailov, everyone's leading the Raptors as good shooters, but they just can't shoot under us. So I don't know if there is something else going on in Toronto, but our shooting woes may just always exist. Bro, it's, it's, I have no idea. It's so frustrating. Like, and like, Gary Trent should be a better three-point shooter. Fred Van Vliet should be a better three-point shooter. Like, should be league average minimum, both <laughs> of those guys. OG and Anobi has hit some of the most impressive shots I have ever seen in a Raptors uniform from three-point. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, like, Siakam is our second-best three-shooter this year, and actually, out of the guys who are getting regular minutes, he's our best. And that is the issue in and of itself. The man who literally isn't a quote-unquote elite superstar top player in the league because of his three-point shooting is our best three-point shooter. Like, oh, it's bro, sad, bro. Every, it's every so time sad. Siakam takes a three-point shot when he's got relative lane space, I'm just like, I like, I clench, and I'm like, please go in, please. Like, that's that's he's the story. Good, man. He's hitting like 36%, 35%. And like, he's hitting pull-ups this year. He's hitting catch-and-shoot. Like, he's... Yo, we, I can't say enough about Siakam this year. This man, he's turned my opinion about him. I don't know how long that's sustainable, though, right? Like, he's 29. Is he going to only do this for three more years? You brought up a great point. What if he gets injured during the next four years? Well, and I think I also mentioned this. Now, right? I think yeah, I mentioned this last back. year or last last week in, in the episode talking about Julius Randle, right? Like, is this a Julius Randle peak that we need to take advantage of before it falls back down to earth, right? That the, that the Knicks experienced, like the Siakam fan in me wants to believe that this is going to last, that this is going to sustain, but like I don't see him doing this at thirty five. I don't, right? And so it's like, where do we stand? Fourth? Yeah, like, like how many guys at thirty four years old are dominating the NBA, like? Outside of Kevin Durant and LeBron James and Steph Curry, like, these guys don't exist. Yeah. So. We definitely have a lot to be looking for in the next few weeks. You know, we're going to definitely be unpacking this team coming to the new year. But besides OG continuing his defensive player of the year campaign and the guys hoping to get minutes, like, we are really just in limbo, watching the games, hoping to see Wait, these happy moments. Wait, I'm waiting for Siakam to go off. Siakam to save us, bro. <laughs> like, honestly, we've got the Cavs coming up. We've got the Clippers. We're probably we're not going to record over Christmas. We're going to record in the New Year. So we've also got the Grizz, the Suns, the Pacers, and the Bucks the next week after that. Like, the recent stretch of play tells me, like, we'll be lucky to win a game. Like, we'll be lucky to win a game. And, like, I'm looking at the Pacers game, and I'm thinking that's probably the, the most likely win. And I'm thinking the Pacers have been playing pretty well this that's, season. That's a trap <laughs> like, game for us. Clippers? Exactly. Like, what, are we going to beat the Clippers? Maybe. <laughs> definitely not the Bucks. Definitely not the Grizz. And, the, yeah, we beat the Cavs twice. But if you take our recent play into account and their recent play, they should smoke us. Right? Uh, and that's, that's the thing, right? We were talking last week about this difficult stretch to end the year that this Raptors team has to contend with. And... You know, we can hope that we're going to see positivity, but 
as you've mentioned, like we're expecting losses. We're expecting to take some L's from these teams. A lot of these teams, you look at the Grizzlies, you look at the Suns, you look at the Bucks, they think they're contenders, right? The Cavs with Donovan Mitchell the way he's been playing. I mean, yeah, they know they're gonna they're gonna lose to us because we're the Toronto Raptors and we somehow can beat the Cavs, but they're thinking of themselves as contenders right now. The Pacers, who should be in the bottom, they're thinking about themselves as a playoff team. Like, this is a struggle. Three and three, bro, would be like a a good week. <laughs> like you're a good two week stretch for us to play. Which is just sad, man. Man, I'm absolutely with you there. You know, we don't get a Christmas Day game, but we definitely don't deserve one this year. You know, Siakam maybe could deserve to be, you know, we can lend we can lend Siakam out to another team so he can play on Christmas Day as he deserves. Best part about Siakam dropping um fifty two points in the garden is that it's undeniable for ESPN. There it is. They, they in all the major sports talk shows in the United States, if you are not talking about Pascal Siakam today, you are doing it wrong. You are a biased media outlet, and you are doing it wrong. Pascal Siakam is the story of the night. And Thank you. Also, I think it's pretty great that, you know, Damar held this record right now for the highest points rapper, and now... Siakam has tied it as what the 27th 29th pick in the draft and the guy yeah, who holds the record is an undrafted player for Toronto like shout out and to Fred and Siakam came up under them like it's just it's and uh. and Freddie Freddie in the post game interview when they were asking were you thinking about him passing you 54 he was like oh not until the last eight seconds or so and then I was like I'm gonna hold the ball I don't want him to get those two free throws just just to be sure like the joking like hilariousness between the two of them like it makes me happy to see well, these moments. Well, I think, like, the groups, you know, like, Fred and Siakam are the group. They're, they're the two. And I think OG is, like, a good middle guy between them. But I feel like he never really fit in with the two older ones, and he's fitting yeah. in more with the young ones. So I could see him almost giving the young guys even more ammunition to be like, we should trade you old old boys. But, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I think that's good for the Raptors. What about you, man? Yeah, yeah, we'll come back to this in the, the new the year. Oh my god, there's so much talk about the the big thing right now that I want to bring up first, obviously, is this AD foot injury. The Lakers were somehow finally looking like they were coming back to relevance. AD was Bro, looking legit. <laughs> and here they are now. AD AD's going to be out for a month? At least? Like, this is tough times, once again, for LA. Bruh. They're just bad. Like, but like we were saying it before, like AD getting injured in the last four years, five years, in most of his career is like Steph Curry hitting a three. It's going to happen. Like it's it's like don't don't bet against it because you will lose money. <laughs> and I think this is his second injury so far this season. Um, and it's an ankle or foot injury which is not what he's been holding on to his back for all of the years. So, like, it's par for the course, man. It's why nobody believes in the Lakers, even during that massive stretch when they were playing very well. I'm the only, you know, crazy person who's like, we're getting the Lakers-Nets final. But, like, because everybody knows, like, year 20 LeBron, still a top 10 player, can't carry the Lakers. And AD, if he plays like a top 10 player, yeah, they're good and they can make the playoffs, but he's got to be available. Well, when you, think about, when you think about the West too right now, when you think about the teams that they have to go through, it's not just, you know, the, the fall apart Phoenix Suns and the standing on top of the league, but can't do anything in the playoffs, Utah Jazz, right? 
the Clippers might actually be healthy. The Grizzlies and Pelicans look like they're about to be staples of the West for the next five years. Like, there is a lot that they're going to have to do to make their, the any progress look, up. The Suns look good. Um, you know, yeah. we've got Portland playing well. We've got Sacramento playing well. Golden State's going to get better eventually when they get Andrew Wiggins and Golden State er, and uh, Steph Curry back. He is Golden State. You just call him Golden Let's State. Let's be honest. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> Minnesota may figure it out one day. <laughs> they did drop 150 points the other night. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's a crapshoot it's a crapshoot out there in the West right now right like it's it's chaos. There's so many teams that are relevant. There's so many teams that could show up and do things. I mean, like, can I talk about Sacramento for a second? Vivek added three more lights to the beam. It is now even bigger. Like, I love this team. I think it's so funny the way this is coming together. The fact that they got permission from the aviation board so that they could have the beam go until midnight every night on their wins. Like, man, Sacramento has to be the most fun team in the NBA right now. Honestly, when you're a struggling franchise who has been, you know, also ran for so long and you start to win, it, it kind of reminds me of the Carolina um, Hurricanes um, storm surge. Okay. When they finally got good, like, three, four years ago, they would, like, do these celebrations at the end of every game, like, that they won at home. They would, like, bring out a basketball net and dunk the ball in skates and full hockey gear. Like, they were just, they'd play soccer, they'd bowl, they'd, like, they would just have a good time at the end of the game, give the fans some extra enjoyment besides the win and besides the game. And when you're a small market team, and again, an also-ran franchise, you need to do something. And, hey, man, they're having a great time. Sad that, like, I kind of wish we were the Sacramento Kings right now. Like, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, bro. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's so funny. And, like, you know, we have to be realistic with the Sacramento team. Like, their best bet is winning the Pat Bev play-in trophy. Like, that's probably what they're looking for right now in their season for success. Or maybe getting to lose in the first round. Like, that's the expectation for Sacramento. But right now, the <laughs> fan base is living it up, and they're so happy getting to light that beam every few days. Hey, you know what, man? PD and Darren Fox can jump on the table and rip their jerseys off when they win the play. Oh, I mean, Sabon uh, I'm pretty sure um, they had a triple double come out of them. Like the Kings are fun, and no, I, I wish, I wish we could be them. That's Honestly, a hilarious comment. I can't. I'm thinking about it now too. I think I say it every single week, but the NBA talent level and the disparity between teams is so small right now. It's amazing. It's just. You know, the the best teams can lose to the worst teams, and the worst teams can beat the best teams. And it's it's just phenomenal to see. Every team has, you know, a, an upper echelon level player, multiple even, and it's it it's not couldn't be a better time for the league, man. I'm serious. And, and you're coming too about any team winning or losing, right? Any team can be at the top. Like the Celtics and the Pelicans are on four game losing streaks. Where if you'd have talked about them we were talking about them, you know, four Last days week. ago. The Celtics were unbeatable. The Pelicans were finally getting to the top, and they weren't going to be stopped. Yes. But yeah. this this can happen, right? It's a crapshoot. The Cavs are on a five game win streak. OKC's got three games in a row winning. Like it's beautiful. Utah's still hanging around in the playoffs, boys. Like let's go. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful time as an NBA fan. You know, we talked about how the World Cup was such a neutral, you know, fan experience. Well. 
as an NBA fan whose Raptors team is not living their best life, like I'm a bit of a neutral fan right now. I'm, I'm tuning in for good matches here and there, trying to see stars play well. Like it's just how it is. Yeah. Bro, Kevin Durant and those those Nets on a seven game heater, like KD's been unbelievable. I I I gotta bring this up, man. Giannis, Embiid, KD and Tatum, one of them isn't going to start. You throw Siakam in there, who's not even going to get a sniff. Like, the Eastern Conference is just loaded with talent. All the guards are out west, but hey, man, you want some bigs? Come out come out east. Because, like, besides Jokic, they got nobody out there. Man, it's kind of crazy, you know, the, the amount of life that has thrived in the East since LeBron left it, you know? Like, the amount of talent and... Yep. and burning it down every year. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Like, you think about some of those great teams that he absolutely torched in the playoffs, right? And they are great teams. I don't want to think about the Raptors anymore, okay? I'm talking about that Pacers team. I'm talking about the Hawks team. You know, all these different things. The PG Pacers <laughs> team. The one-seed Atlanta Hawks with Al Horford. But, like, and this is... We're seeing so many... Carol. We're seeing so many great teams come out of the East right now. Like, it's, it's such a pleasure to be a fan of the Eastern Conference and see guys like Giannis be you know on the pantheon that he is at the level so it's a good time as an nba fan man it's absolutely amazing to be an nba fan and hopefully our raptors turn it around man because we could be the celtics of last year let's go baby right and we're not we're not too far out of it right like all we need is a good win streak you look at the knicks right who are what 18 and 14 14 right like before their eight game win streak most people yeah, were saying most people were looking at this team and going they're, 10 and 13. they're not really yeah. relevant they're not really going to do anything so that's the beauty of it right now all we need is one good streak to be back in it go back two episodes i'm pretty sure we were making fun of the knicks so uh just you can go back weeks right you, you can go back and pretty much just pick a random episode Every we, might, we might be making fun of the knicks at this point <laughs> bing bong <laughs> Uh, all right my friend well not much for me i think that's pretty much it we can move to takes if you're ready well i mean for the takes i'm gonna put on the santa hat because you know end of the year we are last episode of 2022 christmas is literally in what three four days and uh so i'm gonna go with the, the the games on tonight's schedule I'm going to say that the Pels, they're going to get their fourth win over the Spurs. I think that's the season sweep, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, again, they're on a four-game losing streak. They should snap it tonight against the Spurs. But, hey, they've been playing poorly. Um, and then I'm going to also give you the Jazz. They get the revenge win against the Washington Wizards. They lost their previous matchup earlier in the year. Okay. I think the Jazz are going to take them. I mean, I want that because I had Washington being at the bottom of the standings at the beginning of the year, and I want to keep seeing them fall further and further down. So I'm all on board with those takes. For me, I'm I'm throwing one out to the future. You know, this Grizzlies team just looks unbeatable. I saw an interview with John Morant the other day where they were asking him, so what team are you worried about? And he's like, Celtics. And then they go, no, nobody nobody in the West? And he's like, I'm not worried about the West. And I'm like, man. And we're not even ta- we're talking about a team that hasn't had Desmond Bain potentially the next shooter of the league playing at all, man, Grizzlies are going to make it to the Western Conference Finals easily. Probably facing the Pels, eh? That's what, I'm, that's what my guess is, man, at this Let's point. like, go. Unless Golden State gets healthy, unless Phoenix decides to stick around, unless Luka gets Luka. some help, right? Like, like any help. We're, uh, unless, well, now, we haven't talked about Denver. I, I can't I can't have this conversation without at least bringing up Nikola Jokic and the beast that he is, right? Like, 
Grizzlies, Pels, Denver, those are my picks right now for the three. People talking West. about him as MVP. Man's ineligible. I don't even know why the media's <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> you can't have three. It's not allowed. All right, man. Not, not three in a row without at least winning the NBA Finals. Come on. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here for our last episode of 2022. We appreciate you all. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.